This is Coochie's Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at The Crew Chief, on Twitter at The Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chief's Corner, and on TikTok at Crew Chief's Corner. And now on the Anchor Podcasting Network at anchor.fm and the Anchor app. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Bobby here from the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast, bringing you guys another episode here on a Thursday. So uh, we're we're live here on a Thursday doing our live recording. So uh, for those of you that are following along on Twitch or YouTube, thanks for tuning in. Um, you can check us out on our social stuff, obviously, on Twitch, where uh, it's Giants0222, uh, which is the, uh, the username I use on pretty much all my stuff. Um, so if you just search that, uh, username on Twitch, uh, or go to twitch.tv slash giants zero two one two two, that's where, um, my live stream is currently. And then also we're on YouTube as well. So just search Coochie's Corner on YouTube and you will find us there as well. So we do live, uh, stream, uh, as many episodes as we can. Um, as I was just talking to the streamers before we got on, um, I don't, live stream every single episode i I do as many as we can um there are times where i i might pre-record something or um you know something like that so sometimes the live stream and and live recording doesn't happen at the same time but um happy to get this one underway and you know really dive into las vegas we had a uh i would say two really exciting races and then we had the cup race which um Depending on what your your standpoint is on on one of the exciting races, it was not the most exciting race, um, and that's not just because of who won the race. It's it's realistically because the I mean there's a number of things, and we'll we'll get into what I think makes an exciting race, and and I think it was a, a great discussion topic uh, on social media. I, I've seen it on a couple other podcasts. I've heard about it on a couple other podcasts. I shouldn't say seen it, but heard about it on a couple other podcasts. And I really do think that you know we need to kind of take a step back and think about what makes an exciting race and, and kind of go from there. But, um, you know, and, and then the other thing is that, you know, I was thinking about that as well. Um, you know, we, we talked about that a little bit last episode, um, when, when we had our discussion on Sunday about, um, you know, sometimes the race on TV doesn't really portray what you could see in person. Um, so kind of like, you know, balancing that, I mean, you know, last, Last episode, I was talking about Richmond, where I was I was at the race, you know, almost three weeks ago now. Um, and then, you know, you take a race like Las Vegas where you're not there and you're basically forced to see what's on the TV and you're not really watching some of the stuff. So we'll we'll get into that. We'll break down, obviously, um, what happened with Joey Gase. Um, obviously, you know, I was I, I have I had two different thought processes going into into the episode on, on how I was going to talk about it. But I think realistically the one I'm leaning more towards now will, will, will make sense once, once we discuss that, then we'll talk to 2022 uh, Xfinity and truck series schedules. Um, so, so we'll talk about the pros and the cons of it. Um, I was a little bit surprised that NASCAR changed up uh, both series uh, schedules as much as they did. I really thought it was just going to be a, a, you know, more or less a mirror job of, of what this year's schedule was maybe with the, you know, some of the dates they moved around with the cup series and stuff, but I did not expect uh, to see Xfinity get a new track. Um, the truck series, get a new track and then the dates, you, you know, all kind of changed up. And then 
I mean, trucks didn't just get one track. They got, um, they got two new tracks. Xfinity, like I said, you know, has a, has a, a schedule change that we'll get into. Um, so it was just really interesting how that all kind of played out. Um, trucks are now back to 23 races on the season. Uh, they were at 22 this year, um, just as kind of like a one year dip. I don't, I don't know exactly why they lost the day. I mean, I would imagine, um, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out at some point, but, but they lost the date, uh, one weekend this year. And then, you know, next year they go back to 23, the Xfinity series stays at 33 races. They just basically took mid Ohio out and now, um, the trucks are going to go to mid Ohio instead. And, uh, Xfinity is going to go to Portland, which we'll talk about that. And apparently they got a three year deal in Portland to run the Xfinity cars up there. And I don't know what the hell we're doing up there, but we'll, we'll discuss it. And then, um, we'll talk about 2022 silly season. So, uh, I think we're going to get an announcement on Friday. Uh, GMS started hinting that they were going to announce a driver for their truck series program on uh, Friday. I really, you know, everything I've seen so far, you know, the first, the first thing when they just said they had a driver's announcement, I didn't really think too much about it. Then the next, there was like a tease that, you know, ready to power up and I'm sitting there saying, okay, well, power up could be, you know, a little clue here. And then, um, the last one they sent yesterday, I really think kind of confirmed the thought process that I was looking at and I'm like, okay, well, I know exactly which driver this is going to be as long as the sponsor hasn't, you know, changed their course. And I don't think they have. Um, and it kind of backs up something we heard. Uh, I heard a couple weeks ago on, on, uh, I think it was door bumper clear or, or also, uh, pretty sure it was on there. Um, that a particular driver had a, uh, a, an announcement coming soon and they didn't mention the team, but you know, this particular driver was going to have a new, a new home, uh, in 2022. Um, but it's not really a new home. It's a home he's been in before. So we'll, we'll discuss all that too. All right. Um, so an action packed episode here of the Coochie's Corner podcast. And, uh, what we're gonna do is normally I do an open segment here, but I really don't have a lot to talk about because we just did an episode on Sunday. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna talk about my friends over at circlebdiecast.com. Uh, so be sure to check them out. Um, use my promo code Crew Chiefs Corner. There's no apostrophe in that. And you can order your race winning Denny Hamlin uh, race win diecast. So they have the autographed and the non autographed available. You use my promo code Crew Chiefs Corner. All, um, you know, like I said, no apostrophe in the S. And you'll get free shipping on all U.S. orders over 20 bucks. So you'll uh, be able to get, uh, you know, free shipping, which is. Getting, getting crazy in pricing. So you get free shipping on all U.S. continental orders over 20 bucks. So go check them out. You can order that diecast. I'm sure they have uh, tons of other diecasts. They're, they're uh, rolling in uh, more and more orders each and every week. I know they just got another shipment in uh, about a week ago. So uh, check them out. I know the Chase Elliott cars are kind of starting to trickle their way in. I know the Martinsville win cars came in a couple uh, last week and then the, uh, the Phoenix uh, championship winning cars, the race versions have started to come uh, into the States. Um, but I believe this first batch was an allocation uh, basis. So they didn't get their full shipment. I think uh, again, dribs and drabs because of the way shipping is and, and how expensive it is. Um, I think they're just trying to load the boats as much as they can and, and get as much stuff on them as they can. Um, 
and the, like I said, the prices are just astronomical right now uh, for shipping. So um, Lionel and, and and everybody's trying to do the best they can with 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 what they have to work with as far as uh, shipping and all that goes. So um, go check out CircleBDieCast.com. Take a break here on the Coochie's Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey, and we'll be right back. For all your latest diecast needs, apparel, and much more, check out CircleBDieCast.com. The best part, all of our Crew Chiefs Corner podcast listeners use my promo code Crew Chiefs Corner, no apostrophe. It's all Crew Chiefs Corner. You'll save, you'll get free shipping on all U.S. orders over twenty dollars. Check out CircleBDieCast.com. Use my promo code Crew Chiefs Corner. You get free shipping on all U.S. orders over twenty dollars. All right, guys, we are back here on the Coochie's Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. So now we are going to discuss Las Vegas and what a what a weekend out there in Sin City. Um, you know, you had the trucks and Xfinity out there. It was the first race of the playoffs for the truck series. And, you know, I'll tell you, I mean, when you when you went into this to, to into the playoffs, I think a lot of people said John Hunter Nemechek's your your favorite or one of the favorites. And Sheldon Creed was was becoming the other one. Creed was becoming the second favorite just because of how he'd won the last couple of races and realistically should have won the season finale at Bristol as well. Uh, I'm sorry, the trucks are this they're in their second round, not starting the playoffs. But going into the playoffs, you really thought that, uh, like I said, uh, you know, John Hunter Nemechek was your favorite. I and mean, Sheldon Creed was kind of somebody you had to watch out for because uh, he did get a win earlier in the season at Darlington. But then he started ripping off in that first round. He r- ripped off two wins, and he should have won Bristol had it not been for that late race caution and Chandler Smith kind of using him up a bit there uh, and flattening his tire, and 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 then you know going on and, and winning that race, which Chandler Smith had to do in order to advance, and and that was kind of I think what made the truck race so exciting. I, it, you know, uh, at Bristol was it was just so over the top with the you know the aggression at the end by Chandler Smith going out there and winning that race, you don't really realize at the time, you know, what impact that's going to have on the playoffs. And, you know, you, you go out of Bristol and you go, now you're in the round of eight, which is going to go to the round of four. So these three races, Las Vegas, uh, I believe they have Talladega and then they have Martinsville, Martinsville or Texas. I forget. They have one of those races right before the end of the season that determine the Phoenix uh, final four, uh, you know, for the championship. So this race is the last mile and a half that the, uh, or the second, the last half mile and a half of the season for the truck series. And, you know, John Hunter Nemechek has won or Kyle Busch has won every single one of these races. So going into it, you know, everybody's picking John Hunter Nemechek. And I think what, the prevailing thought was, was that this was going to be John Hunter Nemechek's championship to lose because, you know, he's good at these mile and a half. He's going to win it, you know, Las Vegas, you know, uh, as far as it goes on paper. And then you're going to see him at Phoenix. And then he's going to get these next two races to kind of tweak the setups on the trucks and kind of, you know, just, just go out and, and maybe, you know, strategize a little bit, maybe take a gamble, stay out late in a race, come down pit road, take tires late, you know, something to try to boost his, his, uh, his chances of winning. Right. But 
what happens is John Hunter Nemechek goes out and has a problem during the race, and he stops on the track not once, but twice. And I, I think NASCAR, I, I believe, ended up um, uh, penalizing him. I believe he lost a lap um, uh, in, in one of the situations because NASCAR determined that he was doing it like, basically on purpose. And um, then we had the other situation with Carson Hosovar, who was coming down pit road um, with a flat tire, and he spun. And I know they held him, but I, I vaguely remember whether or not John Hunter got got penalized or not. But, you know, nonetheless, I mean, John Hunter Nemechek had the two issues. And, you know, we had the caution late in that race that gave Christian Eckes the shot to go out there and get the win. And here's a kid that, you know, the last couple of years before joining Thor Sport was driving Kyle Busch trucks. And the irony is, I think one of the biggest reasons why Kyle Busch went and sought John Hunter Nemechek was he wanted a veteran presence in that in that stable. And, you know, Kyle is only allowed to run five races a year. He's not allowed to run every single race. Part of that problem with where they were struggling the last couple of years is when they had Harrison Burton, Christian Eckes, they had Raphael Lessart, they had Todd Gilliland. They had drivers in there that were young kids, and they were struggling. And I think when Kyle got in the truck, you know, Kyle was complaining a lot of the thing about a lot of things. And, you know, yeah, it sort of helped make the trucks a little bit better. But having a veteran in that truck is different than having a young kid who's just learning how to race. You know, realistically, when these guys and gals get into these trucks, they're just learning how to race in NASCAR. For, for the majority of these drivers' careers, they're running go-karts, they're running quarter midgets, they're running all kinds of different series you know, uh, super late models and, and all, all the things of the like. And then they get in the trucks and now they're learning how to drive on a mile and a half. They're learning how to drive at Daytona Talladega for the first time. Um, yeah, they know the short tracks for the most part uh, pretty well, but they're learning these mile and a half tracks. And I swear the truck series, some guys do really well in the truck series and some guys suck in the truck series. And I think that that's kind of like what we saw with Harrison Burton. If you look at Harrison, Harrison really struggled in the truck. He never was really able to get, a good feel of that truck and be able to go out and win races in it. And I think that was when Kyle Busch said, you know, I got two young kids that don't know what the hell they're doing and, and, and they can't win races. And that was sort of when he got Greg Biffle in the truck and Greg Biffle won that race at Texas um, during that IndyCar weekend. And, and we saw that. And then, like I said, I think a lot of this all piled up into why Kyle went with John Hunter Nemechek this season and kind of how this is intertwined is, you know, Christian Eck is, was in the 18 because of his relationship with Toyota. You know, Christian has been a Toyota driver for a number of years, and Toyota was was backing this kid, basically, to drive a truck at Kyle Busch Motorsports. And yeah, I know Seaflight was sponsoring it and all, but but he was put there because of Toyota. He wasn't put there because Kyle Busch thought Christian Eckes was the, was the next coming of anything. He just put him in the truck because that's who Toyota wanted. And Kyle's got a really great relationship with Toyota, and that's what he he elected to do um, to keep the manufacturer happy, right? So Ekis gets out of the truck. He goes now to Thor Sport, which is part of where um, some of our 2022 silly season news is going to come in here pre- uh, at some point. Um, so Ekis is sharing a truck with Grand Infinger because Grand Infinger doesn't have sponsorship. So what Thor Sport does is they take Infinger out of the truck for the races. He doesn't have a sponsor. And they put Ekas in, even though Ekas doesn't necessarily have branding on the truck, 
what they're doing is they're getting additional support money from Toyota to put Ekas in that truck. And they're not going, you know, you know, they're not running races with nothing in their pockets. They're getting some additional money out of Toyota to run Christian Ekas in that truck. And the thought is that next year Ekas is going to get that ride full time next year uh, because there's no room at the end of Kyle Busch Motorsports. I'm assuming that you're going to see, you know, Chandler Smith back in that 18 truck. I'm assuming that you're going to see John Hunter Nemechek either return to that four truck or Kyle Busch goes out and gets another veteran driver. I think Kyle kind of learned this year that he needs a veteran presence in that, in that, in that stable to keep those trucks running the way they need to. And I think John Hunter's got the right amount of experience. He's worked on his own stuff. Most of his life, this is really, you know, yeah, this is probably the the third or fourth opportunity John Hunter's gotten where he, his main job was just to come in and drive the stuff. Okay. You know, when he was in the truck series a few years back, he was driving for, you know, Nemco. He was driving for his dad and his family run team. And he was working on the trucks. I mean, I've had him on uh, the podcast, you know, back when we were doing uh, online radio and stuff uh, with Victory Lane Radio. And John Hunter was was working on the stuff. He was staying up late at night, working on his equipment, um, working on his trucks, finding sponsors, doing all the stuff he has to do. Now he's just really working on sponsorship. And he's showing up and driving the trucks. That's all he's doing now, which is why I think you're seeing the success um, for him be even greater than it was when he was driving for his family team because he had to put some of that energy that he's now being able to pour into preparing for races and and, and other things. He had to put all that energy into helping his dad get those trucks to the track each week. So I think that's kind of part of it. I think obviously Kyle Busch Motorsports has some really good equipment, but I think that that's why – you know, Kyle, I think, sees the the, the value of having that veteran presence. Uh, but, you know, for Christian Eckes, big win, first career win in the truck series. Obviously, as a part-timer, that's huge. Um, but we know this 98 team is a very good team. I mean, Grant Enfinger has won races with this team. He's competed for championships. He won the regular season championship with this team. So, I mean, Christian Eckes didn't go from a bad organization to a really good one. He went from... Kyle Busch Motorsports was pretty damn good to Thor Sport, which this season seems like they've gotten their act together a little bit. I mean, we know the last couple of years they were with Ford. I know the first year, you know, was a disaster. Last year, they were kind of mediocre. Um, I don't know really realistically nowadays with the Elmore engines, how much different the trucks really are other than the bodies. All right. You know, it's not like, the Ford performance engines were the problems that, that you can't say that the problem is probably the body, but next year, everyone's going to have new bodies in the truck series. So Ford has already released theirs. Uh, Toyota just released theirs this past weekend at Las Vegas, um, which Kyle Busch comes out and drives the truck out and jumps out. And he's, you know, showing off the new 2022 Toyota Tundra TRD pro that they're going to run. Okay. So they're running this new, the best way to put it is it's it's basically Toyota's spin on an off-road vehicle. It's something to compete with the Ford Raptor, which is insanely popular. And and it's kind of like what Ford's been, you know, using for, you know, the last several years as their, like, high-performance truck. Um, but now you're going to see Toyota's going to use their TRD Pro as their what they're going to compete with. I'm assuming Chevy's going to release their new Silverado nose and, and uh, truck the way it's going to look in the near future. I don't know if that means they're going to run a particular 
um, model, but you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, but all three manufacturers have brand new bodies going into 2022. And again, it's mostly hood, it's front grill, and the the tailgate area is basically what's updated. Um, and it's all those components are going to be composite. And then the sides, the fenders, um, in the middle of the truck is basically still going to be sheet metal, but not a full composite body for the trucks yet. They're sort of on their way there, but um, I think for right now is still um, kind of partial sheet metal, partial composite uh, for the truck series. And uh, I think down the road, they'll fully go composite like uh, like Xfinity and that, and then Cup's going to be composite next year uh, with the next gen car. So uh, like I said, big win for Christian Eckes and let's get into the Xfinity series race. So, you know, the Xfinity race, um, again, best race of the weekend. I mean, you know, what can you say? I mean, it, it's just, it, it's like weekend after weekend, we just see how great the Xfinity series races are. These cars are really fun to watch in person on TV. It doesn't matter. They're the best race of the weekend. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. That's the race that you want to catch every week if you can, uh, because nine times out of 10, they're going to put on a great show. And and it was a great show at Las Vegas. I mean, we saw multiple different leaders. We saw, you know, Austin Sindrick lead part of this race. We saw uh, Justin Allgaier lead a bunch of this race um, and just different guys coming and going. You know, um, you had part of the race in the sun, part of the race in the in in the in the nighttime. Um, you had the twilight, all that stuff, and it changed the track. I mean, Las Vegas was so temperature sensitive. You had a lot of comers and goers. So overall good race. Um, really happy for Josh Berry to pick up another win, his second career win in the Xfinity series, driving for junior motorsports, going out there, filling in for Michael and that, and you just, you begin to see the talent that Josh Berry brings to the table. And this is the thing that we've talked about a few times on here is Josh Berry is the example of what racing used to be. It used to be that a guy used to be talented, you know, at a local short track, he'd be a track champion at, you know, at a, at a Hickory or, um, you know, Greenville's Pickens or, or you name your short track in the Carolinas. Those guys used to be, you know, the drivers that would end up in the Bush series, in the Xfinity series. I mean, you know, now the Xfinity series, those would be the guys that would end up in Bush. Those would be the guys that would end up driving in cup. Um, you know, that local grassroots driver would go out and impress her owner or, or somebody um, that has a connection with an owner and say, Hey, you got to give this guy a chance. If you guys have, haven't already, you know, I talk a lot about Dale Jr.'s, um, you know, podcast, the Dale Jr. Download. But if you listen to Robert Presley is is the uh, was the guest this week, if you get a chance to go check it out, I would recommend it because listen to how Robert Presley got his foot in the door into racing. It was racing at New Asherville uh, Speedway, and he talks about that track and how, you know, being successful there was what got his foot in the door to drive Goody's Dash. And, the, you know, or they used to call it Daytona Dash. He would go down there and run those cars, and he'd impress some more people. Then he got an opportunity to run a Bush car. Um, he signed a deal with Alliance Trucking, um, you know, and, and just kind of how his entire career kind of played out. And that's what Josh Berry is. Josh Berry is the throwback to those days where guys used to just get plucked out of 
these, you know, small, small towns, these small racetracks, local tracks, and the teams would find the sponsorship to go racing. It wasn't okay. You know, I'm Chevrolet. I'm presenting Dale Jr. Uh, Sam Mayer. He's part of our driver edge development program. Because you guys agreed to be in this program, you have to take this driver and put him in a car. That's how it works today. You know, yes, yesteryears, it was really junior would go out and find a kid that was really talented, put him in a car um, with a sponsor already kind of there. He would have like a, uh, a pilot flying J. He would have that kind of sponsorship already in hand. And the, the sponsor would trust Junior's team enough to put the most competent driver behind the wheel of that car or, you know, go and do it. But today, the dynamics are do- so different, especially in the Xfinity series, because because the cup guys come down and run Xfinity. I mean, they used to do it all the time. But nowadays, there are companies that would rather be partnered with a cup guy coming down and running an Xfinity race um, than being partnered with a unknown commodity, Josh Berry. And that's the problem with the series. And, and it's not, and listen, this is not a new phenomenon. This has been going on for years. You look at Mark Martin, Dale Earnhardt, Darrell Waltrip. Um, you pick your favorite driver from the, the late 80s, early 90s. Guys used to come down and run Xfinity all the time. And, you know, this was a thing that used to happen. And, you know, to say it's unfair that they they come down and run now five races a season, it, it, it's how it's always been, guys. Nothing is different today than what it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. This is how this series has been built. This is how they generated ticket sales. I told you guys on Sunday, uh, you know, when I was at Richmond a couple weeks back, the reason why the Xfinity race was as well attended as it was, and you could – you you can't argue this point was Dale jr. Ran that race. If Dale jr. Wasn't there, I would, I would say probably half to almost three quarters of that fan base that was there for that Xfinity race would not have been there. Now I'm not saying they wouldn't have showed up later and gone to the cup race, but you can't tell me that, that at least half of that fan base that was there watching that race at Richmond was there because Dale Jr. ran the Xfinity race on Saturday, um, you know, afternoon. You can't tell me it because I saw it with my own two eyes. And that's that's the reason why NASCAR will never ban the cup guys from being in the races. They'll let them run their five races, but they'll never ban them. Um, but, you know, getting back to Josh Berry, I mean, you know, we were talking about young guys getting opportunities, and, and Josh isn't a kid. I mean, Josh is in his 30s. He drove for Dale Jr. in the late model series for over, you know, 10 years already. He's been with Junior Motorsports for, I think, 11, uh, 11 years now. And and Josh Barry got an opportunity by by a chance encounter with meeting Dale Jr. on iRacing, and kind of it went from there. And Josh Barry got a seat in a car, and Josh Barry has been – you know, somebody that Dale Jr.'s wanted to put in an Xfinity car, it was just there was never funding for it. And when this, you know, pa- uh, past year sort of happened, excuse me, with uh, Sam Mayer having the, you know, having the sponsorship for the second half of the season, and Jr., you know, was like, well, shoot, I got to run this car no matter what. For the first half, for points reasonings, uh, he was going to run a race. 
he said, well, when we do the other races, and that's when they threw Josh Berry in, which I think was their the smartest decision Dale Jr. could have ever made. I think Josh is very, very talented. We've seen that. Uh, he runs well in whatever equipment he's given. I know the truck deal maybe hasn't gone the way that some people would have thought it was going to, but you got to realize that Rackley War Racing is a brand new team. They're learning. Um, and Josh has never driven trucks before. It's not like Josh was an experienced truck series driver that you could throw in the truck and do well. Timothy Peters jumped in that stuff and ran terrible in it. So I give Josh a pass on on his truck series uh, finishes this year. Um, they have not been remarkable, but you know he gets in that he gets in that Junior Motorsports Xfinity car and it's totally different. So that's that's all I say about that. Um, but yeah, big win filling in for Michael and that. I know a lot of people crushing Michael Annette on Twitter and so- social media and stuff. I mean, I know that was a lot of what I saw after the race. Listen, we, we all know why Michael Annette's driving that one car, you know, his, his late father owned TMC transportation, um, which is part of the reason why Michael Annette's in that, tr- in that car. But you could see that by winning that race, you could see that why Michael uh, is such a, a heated topic at Junior Motorsports, because if you if you go online and look at social media, I mean, Junior has always had a quote-unquote pay driver in his lineup, whether it was Michael Annette. I, I don't really like calling Elliot Sadler a pay driver, but because Elliot Sadler had one main financial, that was part of the reason why he was driving for Junior. Um, you know, Justin Allgaier. I remember when they put Algaier in the seven for, instead of Regan Smith. And I remember the outrage that happened when that move was, was done. And I think that the simple reasoning was that Justin Algaier had sponsorship from Brandt to cover races that Dale Jr. just flat out didn't have sponsorship for. Uh, they lost Tax Slayer, I believe. That was part of the, the deal. And they just didn't have enough sponsorship from for, for Regan Smith. Dale Jr. didn't want to fire Regan Smith. It was, hey, Regan, you don't have enough sponsorship. I got a guy that's going to sponsor, you know, that's going to sponsor the car for like 18, 19 races. I'm going to go with that guy. And and Justin Algaier is going to end up replacing him. Um, And I I just remember when that happened, a lot of people are up in arms about it because they liked Regan Smith. They were like, hey, Regan's won races, you know, and this, that, and the other. And they just kind of kicked him to the curb. And, And unfortunately for Regan, he really never was able to find the sponsorship to, to go on and continue his racing career um, all that often since then. So, um, yeah, it kind of sucks. And and that's kind of the, 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 the sh- you know, for lack of a better word, that's kind of the crappy part of this sport. You know, it's it's all about the funding. Um, and I think people that are, are Matt D. Benedetto fans are finding that out uh, to be true this year. You know, Matt's going to be a free agent uh, this offseason and, and he's really struggled to find an opportunity. And, and it's because, you know, Matt D. Benedetto doesn't have a $15 million sponsor behind him that's willing to foot the bill. And because if I'll tell you now, if that was the case, Matt would have a ride today. Like we would we would know where Matt D. Benedetto was going. But because he doesn't have that kind of sponsor, he doesn't have a six or seven million dollar sponsor in his pocket. He doesn't have that funding behind him to just put him in a car. You know, I, I mean, we, we talked about um, a little bit uh, very briefly about um, Daniel Hembrick going to colleague. And a lot of people are like, Jesus, you know, this guy just finds rides. Well, it's because he has a sponsor behind him. I mean, he's got Poppy Bank. 
Um, you would like to think that college racing, you know, feels like they can get this kind, this guy into victory lane. He hasn't gotten there yet. He's had a million opportunities to. And the thing with Daniel Hemrick is he's the nicest guy in the garage area. That's the part that sucks the most is he is one of the nicest guys in that garage, bar none. And it just, you know, he has, I think, the most top five finishes of any driver ever before getting their first win. And, you know, you just look at it and you're like, when is this guy going to win? And and it just, it blows your mind. And then, you, like I said, you have some guys that can't get sponsorship, but, you know, if they're in the car, they're good. So, you know, just a frustrating state of affairs as far as sponsorship goes. But, um, you know, like I said, a big second career win for Josh Berry. Um, you know, he absolutely deserved it. Um, used a strategy late in the race to his advantage and, 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 you know, two career wins Martinsville and Las Vegas, pretty good, pretty good, uh, company to be in with, with two Xfinity career wins. And, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens as, uh, as it continues on down the road for, for Josh Berry. So, um, what we're going to do is we're going to take, I think we got to take a break cause, uh, I might be able to sneak in the cup race in six minutes. Um, I was thinking about taking a break, but let's let's sneak the cup race in. Overall, the cup race not exciting, very boring uh, for the most part. This 550 package, I mean, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit on the show. I, I think the 550 package is just it doesn't do anything for me. Um, it's just not exciting racing. It's just you know, there's a lot of side by side, which a lot of people are going to go, well, isn't that what you want? But um, I think those of us that have been fans long enough, you realize that sometimes side-by-side racing can get boring. You know, the guy can't get the, you know, can't complete the pass. Guy can't get the run. Um, and then you have situations where you have, um, you know, guys, you're, you're coming up on guys, uh, lap cars and you can't get around them. You know, we've seen that hang up, especially like at Dover. I've seen that a few times. We saw it a little bit. I mean, there was a particular driver that, um, was definitely my what an idiot for the for the week. Um, you know, Cody Ware. I mean, I don't know what. I mean, listen, I understand that his dad is three quarters of the reason why he's racing, but my God, I mean, he was just he was he was aloof, you know. And and I don't know what it's been with him this year. He's just been in a lot of guys' ways uh, during these races. And I know Rick Ware doesn't like the bad publicity that they get a lot, but this was square like. Like Cody, the way Cody was driving is squarely on Cody where he's not giving guys corners. He's not letting the leaders get to like, get to where they need to get to, to get around them. You know, his car is perpetually slow and you catch him probably, you know, every five to six to 10 laps, depending on the track and depending on the situation. And if you're not giving the leader the corner and you're not giving them, you know, the, the, the opportunity to swing out and, and complete the pass. I'm sorry. Your 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 ex, your next expectation should be that your car is in the fence, because that's what these guys should be doing. If I was Kyle Busch, and Cody Ware was block, you know, blocking my ability to to get you know further uh, through the field or, or get around him to get to the next lap car, I'd dump his ass and turn one or one or two. I just dump him. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, you don't like people seeing guys, you know, destroying people's cars and getting people hurt. But if you're going to drive like an idiot, well, guess what? You should, there should be a repercussion to it. Um, and I just don't understand why he doesn't get wrecked more, to be honest with you. I mean, these guys got to take a stand. I mean, you know, Rick, Rick, Rick Ware is only in racing to make money. 
you know, and, and that's that, and that's the bottom line. And people don't see it. Um, the average fan do, doesn't see it. You know, um, I don't think they see it. At least I don't think they do. Um, you know, maybe some people do, but um, Rick Rick's business model is to make money. But I don't know how the hell you make money when you're wrecking as many cars as he's wrecked this this year. You know, they go down to Daytona, all three of them wipe out. You know, this past weekend they they have a supposedly a hub failure that causes you know the tire to the blow off of Joey Gase's car, which goes you know in backwards into the wall, and NBC can't even get you a freaking you know clear replay because they're too busy covering you know uh, Chase Elliott or something on the racetrack and and not paying attention to what's going on. And, you know, you just, you, you know, you see that Joey has to go to the hospital. I mean, thank God he's okay. But, you know, his car is airborne and stuff. I mean, you know, it's just just stupidity at a Rick Ware. And it's not the first time we talked about it. Won't be the last because I don't really expect a big change. I know the new car is coming. I know supposedly they're going to go down to two cars and run them competitively. I'll, I'll wait and see what happens. Um but I'm not going to hold my breath over it. You know, I just, I think it's kind of bad. Um, Denny Hamlin goes out and wins a home, home, whole home race. I mean, there's not much else you could really say. Um, he just goes out and dominates late in the race and, and just, you know, picks up his second one in the season, obviously with, uh, this win in Darlington. I mean, you know, he's, he's won the first two races of each round, uh, first, you know, race of each round, I should say the first two rounds. And, um, you know, he looks like he's going to be a, fi- a final four favorite. I don't want to say he's a championship favorite, um, because I, I still think Truex has that, that edge over him because of Truex's run, his, his most recent runs at, at Phoenix, you know, he's, he's been very good at Phoenix and I think Truex has got the shot at it. Um, it's going to be a hell of a battle between those two. I really do think, um, but we'll see what happens. Um, you know, there's still a lot of. A lot of time to be made on that. So, um, you know, again, like I said, big win for Hamlin uh, to get that second one of the season. You know, he's pouring it on late, which is what you want to see. Peaking late in the season is what you want uh, in this deal. So, uh, you know, good for him. Uh, Happy for his fans. I know a few of them. So uh, good good all around there for Hamlin. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. And on the other side of this break uh, here on the Coochie's Corner Podcast, we are going to discuss the 2022 schedules for the Xfinity Series and the Camping World Truck Series. This is the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. All right, everybody. It's Bobby Bailey back here on the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. We are now going to talk about the 2022 NASCAR Xfinity and NASCAR Camping World Truck Series schedules. So I have the uh, schedule here in front of me now that the the website wants to reload. (laughs) Gotta love it. Um, All right, so let's go through the Xfinity Series schedule. So the season starts out February 19th at Daytona. Then it goes to Auto Club. It goes to Las Vegas on March 5th. Then March 12th, it goes to Phoenix. Then we go to Atlanta, Coda, Richmond, Martinsville. Talladega is April 23rd. Then the 30th, they're in Dover, Delaware. So that'll be a race I'll be at. Uh, Darlington, May 7th. May 21st, All-Star Weekend at Texas. The Xfinity Series will be racing there. Then they go to uh, Charlotte for the Oval. Then the first major change um, as far as tracks go, dates are swapped. I don't remember every date swap. But the first 
new track that the Xfinity series, or I believe the only new track they're going to this uh, upcoming season is going to be Portland. So they're going to Portland. Um, I don't think it coincides with IndyCar per se, but they're going to go up and run Portland international. It's a track that the truck series ran on for a couple years in a row back in the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, so NASCAR is headed back there um, with the Xfinity cars. This is kind of like a swap out for mid Ohio. Um, so Portland for Xfinity. Then they go to Nashville Super Speedway on the 25th. Note the couple week break there uh, for Xfinity. Then they go to Road, uh, Road America. Then, then they go to Atlanta again. Then they go up to New Hampshire. Then they go to Pocono. Then they go to Indy for the road course. Uh, then they run Michigan, Watkins Glen, Daytona, Darlington, Kansas, and Bristol. Remember, Kansas is, is swapped into that um that spot because in the on the cup side that's the first round of the playoffs for the cup cars the first playoff race for xfinity next season instead of this year which was las vegas next year it will be texas then they do texas talladega roval um which is the same block of three races that the cup series will have for their second round that will be the first round for xfinity then they go to las vegas which will be later in the season it'll be in october then they go Homestead, Miami, Martinsville, and Phoenix to round out the season. Overall, I think the Xfinity series, I think the Xfinity series schedule is pretty much um, what it was this past year. You just swap Mid Ohio for Portland. Um, I don't know really what that's going to do, but um, if that's what they want, that's what they want. I know um, it's going to be interesting to go to a track for the first time uh, for the series, but. You know, I think NASCAR, they got to do something every year. You know, they got to do something to change it up so that they don't keep the same schedule year after year. I think that's a kind of a thing they've learned. I think it's, you know, we had the schedule never changed for you know, five years in a row. And I think it was pretty boring at that point in time. But, um, you know, I think they've made a lot of, a lot of changes, which ticks off a fan, uh, ticks off anybody whenever there's change. You know, change is not always well-received. Uh, in life. So I think that that's, you know, maybe something they're going to have to think about uh, going forward. So now I have the truck series schedule um, right after that. So the truck series, like I said, are going back to 23 races uh, this upcoming season, uh, an increase of one over last year. So the truck started out February 18th on Friday at Daytona. Then they go to Las Vegas. Then there's a uh, about a two week break. Then they go to Atlanta. Then they go to Coda. Then they go to Martinsville. They run Bristol Dirt. Uh, then they go to Darlington, then they go to Kansas, then they go Texas for All-Star Weekend, then they go Charlotte for the Oval. Then they go to Worldwide Technology Raceway on June 4th, which is the race the day before the Cup Series runs at Worldwide Technology Raceway for the first time ever. Then it's Sonoma, which is the first time the trucks are going to Sonoma, I think, ever. Then they go to Knoxville the weekend after. Then the weekend after that, they go to uh, Nashville Super Speedway. And then July 9th, the truck series go to uh, mid-Ohio. So it's the first time that uh, the trucks will be at mid-Ohio. That is kind of like the replacement for the for the uh, for mid-Ohio. At least they're still getting an NASCAR race, but it's the trucks versus Xfinity. And then uh, there's a couple of race uh, week break. And then Pocono is now the new season finale for the truck series uh, for them. Then the, the playoffs, this is the first round is going to be Lucas Oil Raceway. I mean, what a great idea NASCAR had. You're going to take worldwide technology out of that playoff bracket, 
uh, and you replace with Lucas Oil Raceway, I think is a home run. That also lines up with uh, Indianapolis uh, race weekend for the Cup and Xfinity cars. Um, I think they got to get Xfinity now back to Lucas Oil. I, I, I think it's just got to happen. Um, maybe next year, maybe 2023 is when we see Xfinity go back. I think that's really what it needs to be. But happy to see the trucks at least back at Lucas Oil Raceway. Uh, IRP, as it will always be formally known to me, but really excited to see uh, Lucas Oil Raceway back on the schedule for NASCAR. Then you got Richmond, Kansas. That's their first round. The second round will be Bristol, Talladega, Homestead, Miami will be the uh, eliminator for um, the championship. And then you have Phoenix, which once again will be the season finale for all three series. So really cool to see that. Um, I, I don't really think anything is really uh, off the table anymore. I think NASCAR is getting very, very innovative when it comes to these schedules and uh, really excited to see Lucas Oil back on there. I think that's really out of all the things they did on the, on, on the, Xfinity and truck series side of things. I think that was really the best thing they did. And I'll, I'll post the, um, the schedules up uh, later this afternoon on our Facebook page. And I'll also get them on the website uh, in a bit too. So uh, really excited about that. Um, I just wanted to spend a couple minutes here in this segment, really to go over kind of what uh, kind of going a little more in depth into what I kind of ended that last segment with, with the cup we were talking a lot about, Rick Ware racing and, and kind of, you know, going into the Joey Gay situation. And, and, you know, I think, I think where a lot of people get misconstrued with Rick is that, you know, he, he wants the, we're the biggest small, you know, we're the, the largest small team in motorsports. And Rick, Rick does this great job of being in, involved in a whole bunch of series and not being good at any of them. Okay. Uh, I know he's gone up and they've won a couple Pinty's races with Andrew Ranger and Andrew Ranger is a hell of a talent. He is a champion up there in that series. He is a really talented race car driver. Andrew Ranger in NASCAR has not been that great, but you know, he's, he's really kind of just doing Pinty's and that's what he does. Um, you know, that's where he raced for years and years and years. Um, but Rick Ware has, you know, America, you know, has been in the Asian Le Mans series with Cody. Uh, this year, they dabbled into IndyCar with Dale Coyne Racing and Rick Ware Racing. Um, they kind of hit the lotter- lottery of Roman Grosjean, um, putting him in a car. They're now partners with Clay Melkin on his dragster um, that he races uh, because of no, uh, Nurtech uh, ODT, uh, which is Rick's big sponsor. And he's just plastering them all over the place, which I guess if you're spending the money that they're spending, I, mean, I don't even know what it is. For all for all we know, this could be a $10 million sponsorship that Rick has, and he's just plastering it all over the place to show all this re- ROI, which is return on investment of, look, you gave us $10 million. Look at what we were able to do with it. And I think overall, if Rick was was serious about being competitive, Rick wouldn't be involved in all these different series, he would focus on NASCAR more and, and his stuff would be better. His equipment would be better. He would have, he would spend money on getting the right people because people cost money. And at the end of the day, Rick Ware doesn't spend a lot of money. He uses, um, raced, raced used equipment. His stuff is very old. His, uh, parts and pieces are used. Um, so he tries to run these cars as cheap as he can. 
and try to make as much money as he can. And and listen, that's his prerogative. That's his right. Um, but at the end of the day, Rick Ware isn't uh, anything more than a shrewd business guy. And and you know the fact that people sit there and say, "Well, Rick Ware Racing is a small, low budget team." It's not small. It's it's small. They don't have a lot of employees because again, people cost money. So Rick is going to run this stuff as tight as he can with as old of stuff as he can and get away with it. And sadly, the the bad part of it and the downturn of it is that when you wreck a lot of stuff and burn a lot of equipment up and, you, you know, there's only so much stuff left. And I'm sure Rick is scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point in time because we are coming to the end of these cars. And at the end of this season, these cars are going to become basically um, – Xfinity cars and, and an Xfinity team is going to be able to buy that, which is, which is part of the reason why I, I think Rick is going to just keep everything he's got. And they're going to probably run two or three Xfinity cars next year because Rick's going to have all these cup cars and he could take, and you know, that one of these cup cars and probably for, let's say 10, $15,000 convert them into an Xfinity car and go out and race them. That's what Rick Ware is going to do. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't do that or he doesn't get back involved in ARCA somehow and take some of this cup stuff and go run ARCA with it because you can make them ARCA cars too. So at the end of the day, Rick Ware is going to is gonna do something with these cars. He's going to probably keep every car he's got. He's probably going to be the guy that's going to go out and buy old cars from God knows who and is probably going to run them in Xfinity next year and, and instead of spending – hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand dollars building brand new Xfinity cars. He's going to take his old leftover cup cars, make them Xfinity cars, and probably go acquire some other Joe Bag of Donuts race cars and make them Xfinity cars as well. And he'll probably have two or three Xfinity cars next year. He'll probably have the two cup cars because he'll, you know, that's what he claims he's going to run. And um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna spend the money supposedly on getting these cars, and and we'll see what happens. But um, you know, when you, when you run things as cheap as he does, you're going to have, you're going to have failures. And, you know, as much as you, you know, you feel bad for him, you shouldn't feel bad for him because he knows what he's doing. This is Rick isn't doing this because someone's putting a gun to his head and said, Rick, where you got to run a NASCAR stock car, or, you know, where you know, I'm, you know, insert NASCAR executive here. Uh, you have to run these cars because we need car count to, to collect our TV money. I mean, that's what it used to be. It's not like that anymore. Um, but, you know, I, I just – I don't get it. And uh, thankfully, Joey Gase was was able to walk away from that accident um, unscathed. I know he had to go to the hospital and get checked out, and he got evaluated and stuff. But um, thankfully, he no major injuries of what we know, and, and hopefully uh, there was no minor ones either. So – Hopefully Joey's just able to get back in the car this weekend at Talladega. He's on the entry list, so haven't heard any updates since then. So um, hopefully Joey's all right. But um, you know, I mean, I just I really hope Rick's program they they turn it around over there um, before somebody gets seriously hurt. So that's that. Um, the other thing is we want to go over 2022 silly season. Uh, basically, you know. GMS Racing has been teasing a driver announcement the last couple of weeks. Um, it seems like now that there's a target acquisition power on, they teased a little bit of the paint scheme. I tried to get a really better shot. I didn't want to get the shot I had of it, which is got the big play button over it, and, and it's kind of dark, but it's a bright yellow scheme. It has some, looks like some power 
um, design in there, you know, with, with the lightning. And um, if you look at the way that paint scheme's done, and you compare it to Grand End Fingers Champion Car uh, truck that he's run this year at um, uh, Cody Robar's uh, team, you could really see how similar those cars are. Uh, and I think that's what it's going to be. I think uh, Grand Infinger is going to return to GMS. I know he drove for GMS and ARCA, and he did run for them part-time in the truck series. Then he ended up getting fired from there, but um, or let go, I should say. And um, I think he's back. I think he's back full-time. I think we find that out on Friday down at uh, Talladega. And uh, it'll be, I think, a big news uh, for, for Grant. And I think it's really a step in the right direction. I had somebody reach out to me and ask me about GMS's cup car. The last I heard was Ty Dillon is, is going to get that seat. Um, don't know much more details about it that, other than that. I don't know if it's full-time, part-time. We haven't heard about a charter yet either. So I um, really don't know what's going on with that. But uh, I would say Ty Dillon's the favorite in the clubhouse for uh, GMS as far as their cup deal goes. And we'll see uh, officially uh, tomorrow what happens with Grand Infinger in that uh, 23 car and the 23 truck. But it, that's expected to be announced uh, tomorrow at Talladega. So we'll go with that. Um, we got a few more minutes here on this segment. So uh, we'll do our Talladega preview. Um, basically, as I do every time we do a plate race, I mean, there's really – it's a crapshoot. You can pick whoever the hell you want. Uh, in the trucks, I mean, it, it really is open season on whichever driver you want to pick. Um <laughs> You know, I don't really have one person I could sit here and say, hey, this is the guy I'm going to go with. I would say that, you know, John Hunter Nemechek needs a, a great race. I think John Hunter's got the experience enough to win this race. I think him, uh, Matt Crafton would be another guy I would kind of pick. Um, I think those are guys to watch for. Xfinity, um, you know, there's a lot of drivers that are desperate for wins uh, in that in that series as well. Uh, but I just think overall looking at, at who's been good at the plate races this year in Xfinity, I, I would – it'd be hard to pick anybody other than a college car. I really think Justin Haley's got a shot at getting this win. Uh, I know the dude needs a win, so I'm going to go Justin Haley for the Xfinity series. And then Cup, I mean, my gosh. <laughs> you know, you could look at stats. You could say Brad Keselowski. A lot of people are going to pick Brad. Um I know Logano is going to get some choices. I, I know the Fords are going to be people are going to be what people are going to pick. But what I caution people in on is there's guys that like Christopher Bell needs to win. Toyota's been good. Um, you know, there's going to be a surprise winner. I think on the Cup side of things, I know a lot of people are going to pick Ryan Blaney because of his wins at Talladega recently. Um, so there's a few people right there I just gave you that you could watch out for. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I do think the best driver for uh, Talladega is, is going to be Christopher Bell. I think he needs to win. He's in a really good car, um, and he's going to be somebody to watch out for. I, I really think Christopher Bell needs this win most, um, and I think uh, his teammate might help him out in Denny Hamlin. So that's who I got for Talladega, but um, we'll see. We'll see how it all plans out. Um, so that's it really for this episode here of the Coochie's Corner Podcast. Thanks, guys, so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you for those that are watching on our streams on YouTube and on Twitch. I really appreciate it. And uh, be sure to follow us on our social media, which we'll follow at the end of this uh, segment here. So until next week, have a great weekend. Enjoy the races at Talladega. 
And we'll catch you next time here on the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast on Bobby Bale. Check out thecrewchief.net for all the latest NASCAR news, driver points, owner points, uh, race results, race schedules, paint schemes, and all, of course, all the latest news and information. That's Once again, that's thecrewchief.net, your portal to the world of NASCAR silly season news and racing statistics. Thanks for listening to the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at The Crew Chief, on Twitter at The Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chiefs Corner, TikTok at Crew Chiefs Corner, and on the Anchor app and anchor.fm. Thanks for listening.